Heaven on Earth by Thomas Brooks Touching the Nature of Assurance of Salvation To be in a state of true grace is to be miserable no more. It is to be happy forever. A soul in a state is a soul near and dear to God. It is a soul much beloved and very highly valued of God. It is a soul housed in God. It is a soul safe in everlasting arms. It is a soul fully and eminently interested in all the highest and noblest privileges. To be in a state of grace makes a man's condition happy, safe, and sure. But the seeing, the knowing of himself to be in such a state is that which renders his life sweet and comfortable. To be in a state of grace will yield a man a heaven hereafter. But the seeing of himself in this state will yield him both a heaven here and a heaven hereafter. It will render him doubly blessed, blessed in heaven, and blessed in his own conscience. Now, assurance is a reflex act of a gracious soul in which he clearly and evidently sees himself in a gracious, blessed, and happy state. It is a sensible feeling, an experimental discerning of a man's being in a state of grace, and of his having a right to a crown of glory and his rises from the scene in himself the special, peculiar, and distinguishing graces of Christ, in a light of the Spirit of Christ, or from the testimony and report of the Spirit of God, the Spirit bearing witness with his Spirit that he is a Son, and an heir apparent to glory. Romans 8, verses 16 and 17. It is one thing for me to have grace, it is another thing for me to see my grace. It is one thing for me to believe, and another thing for me to believe that I do believe. It is one thing for me to have faith, and another thing for me to know that I have faith. Now assurance flows from a clear, certain, evident knowledge that I have grace, and that I do believe, and so on. Now this assurance is the beauty and top of a Christian's glory in this life. It is usually attended with the strongest joy, with the sweetest comforts, and with the greatest peace. It is a pearl the most lack, a crown the few wear. His state is safe and happy, his soul is adorned with grace, though he doesn't see it, though he doesn't know it. Assurance is not the essence of a Christian. It is required to the bene essay to the well-being, to the comfortable and joyful being of a Christian. But it is not required to the essay to the being of a Christian. A man may be a true believer, and yet would give all the world were it in his power to know that he is a believer. To have grace, and to be sure that we have grace, it's glory upon the throne. It is heaven on this side of heaven. But more of these things you will find in the following discourse to which I refer you. A serious discourse touching a well-grounded assurance by Thomas Brooks. Showing that believers may in this life attain to a well-grounded assurance of their everlasting happiness and blessedness. First, the ground on which the apostle builds his assurance it's not any special revelation, but such a foundation as is common to all believers. 
as clearly appears from Romans 8, verses 32 to 34. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifies. Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. It is clear from these words that this blessed apostle had not that glorious assurance that he speaks of in the two last verses of this chapter by immediate revelation, for he concludes it from such arguments as are general or common to all the godly, and therefore it firmly follows, first, that believers may in this life attain to a well-grounded assurance of their everlasting happiness and blessedness. So Hezekiah's assurance did spring from a principle that is common to all believers. Second Kings 20 verse 3 Secondly, it is the very scope and end of the scripture to help believers to a well-grounded assurance of their everlasting happiness and blessedness. The things, John says, have I written unto you, to believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. 1 John 5 verse 13 These precious souls did believe, and had eternal life in respect to the promise of eternal life. Titus 1 verse 2, and in respect of Christ their head, who had taken up their rooms beforehand in heaven, and who as a public person represents all his people. Ephesians 2 6, and they had eternal life in respect of the beginnings of it. For what is grace, but glory begun? And what is glory, but grace perfected. Grace is glory in the bud, and glory is grace at the full. Now, though they had eternal life in all these respects, yet they did not know it. Though they did believe, yet they did not believe that they did believe. Therefore the apostle in those precious epistles of his makes it his business by variety and plenty of arguments to help all, but especially such as are weak in the faith, to a well-grounded assurance of their eternal welfare. It is a very drift and design of the whole scripture to bring souls first to an acquaintance with Christ, and then to an acceptance of Christ, and then to build them up and a sweet assurance of their actual interest in Christ, which made Martin Luther to say that he would not live in paradise if he might without the word, but with the word he could live in hell itself. No histories are comparable to the histories of the scripture, for antiquity, rarity, variety, brevity, perspicuity, Harmony and verity, the word evidences truth. It evinces falsehood. It fights against folly. It opens the bowels of mercy. And it assures believing souls of eternal felicity. That is a precious word in Hebrews 6 verse 18. God 
has given us his word, his oath, his seal, that our consolation may be strong, and that our salvation may be sure. Now, what comfort can a believer have without assurance? It is the assurance of my interest in the land of Canaan, in gospel cordials, in precious promises, and in a precious Christ that comforts and delights my soul. It is not enough to raise strong consolation in my soul, barely to know that there are mines of gold, mountains of pearl, heaps of treasures, a land flowing with milk and honey. But it is the knowledge of my interest in these that raises joy in my soul, to know that there are such things, and that I have no interest in them, is rather a vexation than a consolation to me. To know that there is a feast of choicest delicates, but not a taste for me. That there are pleasant fountains and streams, but I must perish for thirst in the wilderness. To know that there are royal robes for such and such, but I must die in my rags. To know that there is a pardon for such and such, but I must be turned off the ladder of life. To know that there is a preferment for such and such, but I must lie still, with Lazarus at dive's door. Such knowledge as this may well add to my vexation, but it will not add to my consolation. It was rather matter of sorrow than joy to the men of the old world to know that there was an ark when they were shut out to the Israelites to know that there was a brazen serpent set up, in which others were cured when they died with the stinging of the fiery serpents. So how can it comfort me to know that there is peace in Christ, and pardon in Christ, and righteousness in Christ, and riches in Christ, and happiness in Christ, and so on, for others, but none for me? Ah, this knowledge will rather be a hell to torment me than a ground of joy and comfort to me. But now God has in the scripture discovered who they are that shall be eternally happy, and how they may reach to an assurance of their felicity and glory, which made Luther to say that he would not take all the world for one leaf of the Bible. The Bible is a Christian's magna charta, his chief evidence for heaven. Men highly prize and carefully keep their charters, privileges, conveyances, and assurances of their lands. And shall not the saints much more highly prize and carefully keep in the closet of their hearts the precious word of God, which is to them, instead of all assurances for their maintenance, deliverance, protection, confirmation, consolation, and eternal salvation. Thirdly, other believers have in an ordinary way attained to a sweet assurance of their everlasting happiness and blessedness. Now saith the apostle in the name of the saints, Did, if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. Second Corinthians 5 verse 1. Number 2. Their assurance sets them in triumph upon the throne, 
we have a house, a house above, a house in heaven, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. We have a house, a heavenly house, a house made by the greatest wisdom and the highest love, a house that for honor, pleasures, riches, safety, stability, glory, and perpetuity transcends all the royal palaces in the world. It is a house not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. Tell the church in the Saga Solomon 2 verse 16, My beloved is mine, and I am his. I know, says the spouse, that Jesus Christ is mine. I can with the greatest confidence and boldness affirm it. He is my head, my husband, my Lord, my Redeemer, my Justifier, my Savior, and I am His. I am assured that I am His as I am sure that I live. I am His by purchase, and I am His by conquest. I am His by donation, and I am His by election. I am His by covenant, and I am His by marriage. I am wholly His. I am peculiarly His. I am universally His. I am eternally His. This I well know, and the knowledge of this is my joy in life, my strength and crown in death. So the church, Isaiah 63, verse 16, Doubtless, you are our Father. To Abraham be ignorant of us, and Israel does not acknowledge us. You, O Lord, are our Father, and our Redeemer, your name, is from everlasting. David could say, The Lord is my portion forever, Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26. And at another time he could sweetly sing it out, I am yours, save me, Psalm 119, verse 94. Job could look through the darkest cloud and see that his Redeemer lives, Job 19, verse 25. Thomas cries out, My Lord and my God, John 20, verse 28. And Paul trumpets it out, that nothing should separate him from the love of Christ, Romans 8, 38 and 39. And that he had fought a good fight, and finished his course, and that there was laid up for him a crown of righteousness, 2 Timothy 4, verses 7 and 8. By what has been said, it clearly appears that other believers have obtained assurance in an ordinary way, and therefore believers may now attain to a sweet assurance of their everlasting happiness and blessedness. Certainly, God is, is loving, and his bowels of compassion are strong towards believers now, as ever they were to believers of old, and it makes as much for the honor of God, the lifting up of Christ, the stopping of the mouths of the wicked, and the rejoicing of the hearts of the righteous, for God to give assurance now as it did for God to give it then. Fourthly, God has by promise engaged himself to assure his people of their happiness and blessedness. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Psalm 84 verse 11 If he will withhold no good thing, then certainly he will not always withhold assurance, which is a great good thing, the only thing, the chiefest thing, the peculiar thing that believers seek after, 
So Ezekiel 34, verse 30 and 31. Thus they shall know that I, the Lord, are God, am with them. And that they, even the house of Israel, are my people, saith the Lord God. And you, my flock, the flock of my pastor, are men. And I am your God, saith the Lord God. So John 14, verses 21 and 23. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. If any man love me, saith Christ, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now has the Lord spoken it, and shall it not come to pass? Men say, and unsay, they eat their words as soon as they have spoken them. But will God do so? Surely not. He is faithful that is promised. All the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20. That is, they are stable and firm, and shall really be made good. The promises are a precious book. Every leaf drops myrrh and mercy, Therefore, sit down and suck at these breasts. Warm yourself at this fire. God has always been as good as his word. Yea, he has sometimes been better than his word. He has ever performed, and he has overperformed. He promises the children of Israel only the land of Canaan, but he gave them besides the whole land of Canaan, two other kingdoms which he never promised. Ah, how often has God prevented us with his blessings and has given us in such mercies as have been so far beyond our hopes as our deserts. How has God in these days of darkness and blood gone beyond the prayers, desires, hopes, and confidences of his people in this land and beyond what we could read in the book of the promises Satan promises the best, but pays with the worst. He promises honor, and pays with disgrace. He promises pleasure, and pays with pain. He promises profit, and pays with loss. He promises life, and pays with death. But God pays as he promises. All his payments are made in pure gold. Therefore, take these promises in which God has engaged himself to assure you of his love, and spread them before the Lord, and tell him that it makes as well for his honor, as your comfort, for his glory, is for your peace, that he should assure you of your everlasting happiness and blessedness. Fifthly, there is in all the saints a springs of assurance, and therefore, they may attain to assurance. Precious faith is one spring of assurance, and this is in all the saints, though in different degrees. Second Peter 1 verse 1 Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, Faith in time will of its own accord raise and advance itself to assurance. Faith is an appropriating grace. It looks upon God and says with David, 
This God is my God forever and ever, and he shall be my guide unto the death. Psalm 48 verse 14. It looks upon Christ and says with the spouse, I am my beloved's, and his desire is towards me. Song of Solomon 7 verse 10. It looks upon an immortal crown and says with Paul, Henceforth is laid up for me a crown of glory. 2 Timothy 4 verse 8. It looks upon the righteousness of Christ and says, This righteousness is mine to cover me. It looks upon the mercy of Christ and says, This mercy is mine to pardon me. It looks upon the power of Christ and says, This power is mine to support me. It looks upon the wisdom of Christ and says, This wisdom is mine to direct me. It looks upon the blood of Christ and says, This blood is mine to save me. It's faith. So hope is another spring of assurance. Colossians 1.27 Christ in you, Paul says. The hope of glory. So Hebrews 6 verse 19 Which hope we have is an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters into that within the veil. Hope takes fast hold upon heaven itself. The Christian's hope is not like that of Pandora, which may fly out of the box and bid the soul farewell. So hope a hypocrites do. No, it is like the morning light. The least beam of it shall commence into a complete sunshine. It shall shine brighter and brighter till a perfect day. When Alexander went upon a hopeful expedition, he gave away his gold, and when he was asked what he kept for himself, he answered, the hope of greater and better things. So a Christian will part with anything rather than with his hope. He knows that hope will keep the heart both from aching and breaking, from fainting and sinking. He knows that hope is a beam of God, a spark of glory, and that nothing shall extinguish it till the soul be filled with glory. Souls that are big in hope will not long be without sweet assurance. God does not love to see the hoping soul go always up and down, sighing and mourning for lack of a good word from heaven, for lack of possessing what it hopes in time to enjoy. Hold out hope and patience a little longer, and it he that is promised to come will come, and will not tarry. Hebrews 10.37 Again, a good conscience is another spring of assurance, Second Corinthians 1.12. For our rejoicing is this, a testimony of our conscience, that in simplicity and godly sincerity, not with fleshly wisdom, but by the grace of God we have had our conversation in the world, and more abundantly to you words. So John 3 verse 21, Beloved, if our heart condemns us not, then have we confidence towards God. A good conscience has sure confidence. He that has it sits, Noah-like, in the midst of all combustions and distractions, in sincerity and serenity, uprightness and boldness. A good conscience and a good confidence go together.